Hey everyone, thanks for joining me on All Things Billy, the Billy the Kiddiest podcast in the world. My name is Michael Judasissi, Michael Anthony Judasissi, and I'm your host. Thanks for joining me for uh, the first of two episodes for this week. There'll be this one, and then there'll be the next one. <laughs> and that's how we get to two, one plus one. <laughs> Um, this week is a uh, historically a big week in the uh, life and times of Billy the Kid, the Lincoln County War, and of course Sheriff Brady. Um, and we sit here uh, I'm recording this on March the thirtieth, two thousand twenty-two. Um, <clears throat> just two days from now, April first, uh, marks the uh, anniversary of the uh, the murder of Sheriff Brady by the regulators, and that uh, spun uh, Billy's history in the Lincoln County War into a uh, number of directions it might not have gone otherwise. But today, we're going to talk more about the uh, historical Sheriff Brady, what actually happened on that day, um, what the repercussions and ramifications were of April 1st, 1878. But today, we're going to talk about my friend Martin Teebs, who you may know was good friends with Billy the Kid. And uh, Martin made a trip to Lincoln on March 31st, of the year 2020 and he wound up there on April 1st as well and had quite an experience and I wanted to give you a little uh, insight into that and take you back through that but before we do that I want to give you an update have some exciting news on the final trial of Billy the Kid we have uh, uh, signed an agreement with our distributor Film Hub and uh, the film has gone through all of the quality control, and it is now uh, officially on its way to Amazon, Apple TV, um, a couple other uh, streaming, you know, uh, rent or buy online type of uh, networks. So uh, I can't tell you exactly when it will uh, premiere online, but I can tell you it will be soon. Uh, could be within the next two weeks. So you can stay tuned here in order and you'll you, you'll know right away where you can go rent the movie and watch it which i hope you all do 50 times 50 times each <laughs> one time would be nice though and um and then as each new platform comes online because some people watch on you know amazon some people prefer apple some people voodoo you know whatever it may be um <clears throat> so i'll uh, let you know when each one goes live but the easiest way to figure that out is to go to Facebook and just uh, look up the final trial of Billy the Kid. Follow that page if you use Facebook, of course, and um, you'll get all the updates. Uh, you can also do it on our Twitter channel, at uh, BTK Rides on Twitter. Um, or you can uh, email me, BillyTheKidRidesAgain at gmail.com, and just ask to be added to the mailing list, which, you know, maybe once a month or once or two months we have an update. But there'll be more around the films coming out, so you'll get a an email newsletter when there's uh, something noteworthy to discuss. So adjust my chair here. There we go. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm really thrilled for you to see it. Uh, as far as a theatrical premiere, we're working on two locations: uh, Arlington, Texas, and somewhere in New Mexico. Uh, I've been trying, really, really trying to get the theater down in Lincoln, New Mexico. The visitor center has a theater, 
they show a film about Billy the Kid in the Lincoln County War and the history of Lincoln kind of on a regular basis. Um, I don't know how many seats are there, 50, 75. It's not a big theater, but it's the only theater in Lincoln. And I, I really wanted to have a cast and crew screening in Lincoln. I got my buddy Brandon, who I would see if I could coerce to take people on a tour while we were down there because he does the the uh, the most dangerous street in America tour and, you know, take everybody through Lincoln so they could see it and, uh, you know, see all the high points and then have some additional showings for some of the local residents, for the uh, state monument employees, for, you know, just try to make something of it. And I can't get a freaking answer from anybody. And I continue to try, but it's like, it's like the lights are on there, but nobody's home. And it's so sad, not just for my project, but there's so much more that could be done. But, but I don't want to grind my axe here on the podcast. So anyway, we're, we continue to look for a venue in New Mexico um, in a reasonable amount of time that we can set up a premiere for the film, which is where it should be premiered because the Lincoln County War took place here and Billy took part in the Lincoln County War. So anyway, all right. So stay tuned for the final trial of Billy the Kid. It could be within just a matter of a week or two where you'll be able to go online, rent it, buy it, watch it, tell your friends, uh, and uh, make it a worldwide phenomenon. <laughs> all right. When we get back, we're going to check in with Martin Teebs, his arrival in Lincoln in March of 2020 based on winning a couple of plane tickets at his job. Um, he uh, won some contests there. He had two plane tickets and decided to take his wife, Lily, to Lincoln, New Mexico. If none of this makes any sense to you, it will as we go. So we'll be right back after these words. All right, we're back. So uh, who's Martin Teebs? Well, Martin Teebs is the uh, central uh, character, might be slightly modeled after myself in the Back to Billy uh, book series. And in the very first book, Back to Billy, there's a an event that happens, uh, which I'm going to share with you here, that really spins Martin's, Billy's lives off into a direction which they could not have even imagined. Um, but Martin makes his way to Lincoln for the first time, like many of us had. We saw the Young Guns movies. We read all the books. Uh, we watched the documentaries. You know, we, we studied everything we could, but nothing would replace us being able to set our feet on that, on that sacred ground of Lincoln, to be able to be there where the kid, the regulators, Murphy, Dolan, where they all, you know, gunned their way to infamy. And, and, and we had to go there. And I know many of you have gone there. You've had that first experience of driving into Lincoln and you see the house there on your, on your right side as you, uh, as you pull into town from the West. Um, and then you see the Dolan, uh, the, uh, the Tunstall store. And look, there's the Torreon. And then, you know, like one after another, these sites pop up. And then almost before, before, you know, uh, you know, it, it's gone, like you're through it and you go, oh, wait, I got to turn around and go back now. And so, uh, you know, we've all, many of us have had that experience. Many of you have yet to have it. I hope you do someday. 
um, because it's really quite spectacular if you're a you know a fan or a student of Billy the Kid. Um, so uh, our friend Martin has arrived in Lincoln. He's uh, had dinner with his hosts at the uh, Patron House Bed and Breakfast, and uh, he's gone for a walk on the street. And his wife, Lily, after a long day of traveling from New Jersey, said, hey, you go. I'm tired. I'm going to take a bath. Walk around till your heart's content. But it's evening already. The, the, the museums, the, the buildings, the shops, everything's closed. So Martin just decides to walk around. And lo and behold, when he does, he wanders into the road. A, a tractor trailer coming through, you know, kind of blows him off into a ditch. And when he wakes up or when he comes to... He's not quite sure where he is. So let me take you <laughs> there. Here we go. What had been a clear and warm night just seconds ago quickly changed as a fog or mist of sorts seemed to settle on the main street. Teebs looked puzzled at the sudden onset of weather but forged on. At some points, the fog was so thick he couldn't see his shoes, and he wound up veering into the road like a drunken sailor. The sharp blast of a semi-horn coming directly at him blew him from the road where he fell into a ditch. Rising to check his body parts over, he found nothing broken or torn. He brushed the dirt from his pants, and suddenly Teebs froze in his tracks, for what was a quiet, almost vacant town a moment ago had dramatically come to life in the few seconds it took him to climb out of the ditch. The fog now gone, he looked down to see Lincoln's Main Street covered in dirt. Imagine that. Imagine you're you're there walking along the Lincoln Main Street. You you know you trip, you fall, you wake up, and all of a sudden, all the asphalt's gone, and there's people everywhere, and it's a dirt street. Well, that's what happened to Martin. There seemed to be more buildings now, and men, women, and children, and horses scurried about as if life had been this way for a hundred years. With his mind unable to comprehend what had happened, he approached a woman dressed in a vivid green dress of the style that would be worn in the 19th century and asked, uh, uh, excuse me, miss, is this some kind of street theater? The woman took one look at Teeb's outfit and recoiled in fear, perhaps horror. She rushed off as Teeb's yelled after her, what time did this start? So Martin has gotten somewhere <laughs> where he didn't expect to get. He was just walking along the main street, kind of deserted in Lincoln. You know, it's, I don't know, seven o'clock at night uh, in March. It's probably, uh, you know, twilight hour. And all of a sudden he winds up amongst a street full of people that he's never seen before and weren't there just a second ago. Martin will do some more discovery. I'm not going to read you the entire chapter. And uh, he will be very shocked as he walks toward the Tunstall store to find out that he's in the presence of some of the famous Lincoln County regulators. He'll also meet a uh, young lady who will come flying out from around the corner seeing him screaming his name that he's come back. Come back, he thinks to himself, what, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> I've never been here before in my life. But in any event, uh, one of the regulators runs off to uh, get someone. And here's how the chapter ends. Martin stood arm in arm with his apparent love interest, Rosita Luna, the Belle of Lincoln, as he met for the first time ever 
William H. Bonnie, alias Billy the Kid. Can you imagine that? I mean, can you imagine? I, I you know, people talk about it. Oh, I, you know, I'd love to be able to time travel. I'd love to be able to be back there. I would. I would. I don't think I'd like to live there, but I'd like to go for a day. Which day would you go? Maybe, maybe you wouldn't even have any choice over which day you went there. But Martin Tebes on March 31st, 2020, essentially on the eve of the next escalation of the Lincoln County War, meets Billy the Kid. And Billy says, damn, Tebesy, where you been? And Martin goes, what? How do you know me? How do you know my name? Where am I? As Martin stares at him, Billy says, moving on, damn, Tebes, you're a sight for sore eyes. We're wondering when you're going to make it back. Martin leans in as if he's looking at like a museum display. He's fascinated. He's just staring at this young man. He goes, Billy? Uh, Billy the kid? <laughs> Billy will do just fine around here, buddy. What in the hell are you wearing, Tebesy? I've never seen no kid like that before. Martin's got on his jeans. He's got on this ridiculous shirt with fireworks and cats on it. And he's got Reeboks on. I mean, he's clearly out of place for 1878, and he doesn't really know what the heck's going on. And then Martin makes a uh, uh, almost <laughs> fatal mistake when he's in the, this beautiful woman is clinging to him, grabbing his arm. Billy the Kid and the regulators are in front of him, and he's totally disoriented. And he says, uh, guys, this has been fun and all, but my wife's going to be waiting for me, and I need to get going. Rosita his apparent love interest from a hundred years before Martin was even born says your wife and slaps him as hard as she can across the face. It's clear Martin and Rosita have some sort of history here. She's in love with him. She knows his name. We'll find out later another secret. And she storms off and the regulators all laugh at Martin's misfortune. Billy offers to walk Martin back up to the uh, up to Juan Patron's house, which is what it would be in 1878. Martin is trying to figure out, have I gone insane? Have I really traveled back in time? Am I unconscious? And then, as they made their way along the street, Teebs had to ask the question he'd been dreading. Option number four. Hey, Billy, am I dead or something? How did I get here? Billy says, man, the only ones that are going to be dead are Dolan's boys, and maybe Dolan himself. You ain't dead, Teebsy. Teebsy. Not yet, anyway. As they get to the Patron house, he says to Billy, hey, thanks. You know, I appreciate it. I need to get some sleep, maybe have a drink or two. You know, he doesn't know what's going on. And uh, Billy said, yeah, sounds good. Sounds good, my friend. And then just before he walks away, he goes, hey, don't come out on the street tomorrow. Unless you're carrying this. And he reaches into his waistband and he holds out a Colt single-action revolver for Martin. And Martin's staring at it. He's fascinated. You know, he's never fired a real gun living in New Jersey, but the gun laws there, it's pretty tough to even buy one. And and uh, he just stares at it, and then eventually he says, I, I, I can't take that. My wife will kill me. And Billy laughs. He goes, I told you to stop talking about your wife, especially in front of Rosita. And he goes, okay, well, don't come out on the street without it. Now, Martin's in 1878, 
and he's trying to get back to his own time, 2020. And so he doesn't really understand the reference, but he says goodnight to Billy. Thanks very much. And he kind of stumbles his way back toward the uh, Patron house. And uh, rider on horseback comes from behind him, kind of uh, scares him. Martin trips off the side of the road. And when he wakes up, when he comes to, it's March 31st, 2020. And the town looks exactly the way it did just before he'd fallen into that ditch the first time. So our old friend Martin has had that experience that people, you know, many people would just love to have. But he didn't just get to go back in time. He got back in time and found out he was buddies with the regulators and Billy the Kid. He found out that the most beautiful woman in the territory is in love with him somehow, and he's kind of a middle-aged schlub. He's got a good head of hair, though, definitely unlike me. <laughs> and it's just it's so disorienting to him because how could he's never been back in time? He's never even been to Lincoln before. How could these people know him? They know his name. They've had some experiences with him. They, you know, they clearly have a relationship with him and he's never met them before. How is that possible? And that's why he's so disoriented. So when we come back, we're going to talk about April 1st, 1878, or April 1st, 2020, or whatever happened between those two times that drew Martin back to Billy. So the next morning, Martin wakes up in his own time with his wife and his little casita at the uh, Patron house, bed and breakfast. And uh, he doesn't want to tell Lily what happened. I mean, for a number of reasons. First of all, she, she's, she may think he's insane. Cut their vacation short and drop him off at the nearest loony bin. Uh, she might demand that they leave Lincoln right away uh, because of, she thinks Martin's got some sort of significant you know, uh, psychological issue. Uh, he also doesn't want to tell her because he might have to tell her about Rosita Luna, this gorgeous woman who, you know, was was smothering him with kisses and clearly wanted to do more than that. And then he'd have to tell her, hey, I, I think I might be friends with Billy, <laughs> Billy the Kid. <laughs> so Martin says nothing. He just says, oh, I met some guys, yeah, out on the street. And, and, and Lily says, well, I didn't see anybody when you left. And he goes, oh, probably just some locals. They seem nice enough. And he plays it off. And Lily, now on their first full day in Lincoln, says, okay, well, what are we going to do? Let's go do some shopping today. And uh, Martin says, uh, you know, he remembers the, the missive from Billy, you know, don't come out on the street tomorrow morning, you know, blah, blah, blah. He doesn't understand why. But in any event, Lily says, well, I'm going to go take a shower. You want to, you know, do some sightseeing or you want to look at nature walking by. You want to sit here on the porch all morning. Well, by all means, go ahead and do it. But when I come out, we better have something planned. So we move on. Chapter 21. With a belly full of food and coffee, Teebs focuses his attention on why it was so important for him to stay off Lincoln's Main Street this morning. Picking up Bachaka's book, he's thumbed through the pages. April 1st, April 1st, he murmured to no one. 
Why does that sound so familiar? Scanning the pages, he came across a chapter that talked about the killing of Sheriff William Brady at the hands of Billy and the other regulators. His index finger wandered furiously across the page until he came to the date of the deed, April 1, 1878. Had Teeb stayed overnight in the past, he would have been a witness to Brady's murder. That's the reason Billy warned him about staying inside. Teebs felt a warm, friendly feeling for the young outlaw, who obviously didn't want him to have anything to do with something as heinous as killing an officer of the law. It suddenly dawned on him that he was free to go about Lincoln's Main Street as he pleased today since the year was 2020, and the danger of being mixed up in Brady's murder was more than 140 years past due. With a flash of joy, he rose from his seat. Now he could make everything right with Lily, take her wherever she deemed not to be a dusty old tourist trap. As he reached for the screen door, he stubbed his foot on the boot scraper that he had never noticed until now. Falling forward, he caught himself just as his forehead whacked the door frame with a loud thump. So Martin's kind of clumsy. And uh, you'll see if you uh, have read the book series that uh, at least early on, he's he's kind of falling, getting knocked over. Like he doesn't really have any control over when he goes back in time or even where, but it's usually some physical mishap that propels him there. And uh, no difference here. So it's April 1st, 2020. Martin just whacked his forehead. What happens next? Chapter 22. Teebs was sure he hadn't blacked out, but coupled with his two falls from the night before, this added skull bumping proved that Lincoln was now, as it was in 1878, a very dangerous town. Through slightly fuzzy vision, he reached down to where he dropped Pachaka's book. As he rose, he quickly noticed the same misty haze had engulfed the town from the night before. Confused, he walked off the porch as three men walked down Lincoln's main street, which was again covered in dirt. The figure in the center was the unmistakable to Martin, uh, was unmistakable to Martin as he had seen his picture hundreds of times, Sheriff William Brady. Don't come off the porch. Don't come outside tomorrow morning. Billy told Teebs. Did Billy somehow know that Teebs was going to be back in time that next morning rather than in his native time of 2020? I don't know. Maybe Billy just assumed Teebs was going to stay the whole time. Don't come out tomorrow morning. And there's Martin back in 1878. And who does he see striding down the street? but Brady and his deputies. What does Martin say? Oh, no, 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 Billy. Under his breath, understanding what was about to happen. Don't do this. They're going to want to hang you for this. See, Martin understands that the killing of Brady is the precipitator for the end of Billy's life, if his life actually ended in Fort Sumner. And in, well, it didn't <laughs> in this book series. It, it didn't, and I'm not going to tell you any more than that. You'll have to read to find out what happened. It certainly, there certain, was a, quite an incident in Fort Sumner, but you're going to have to figure that out. Anyway, uh, Billy knows this, and Martin understands that if they kill Brady, it sets into uh, motion a chain of events that cannot be stopped. It ends with an indictment, a trial, 
a, a, a guilty verdict, a, uh, a sentence to hang, like all of those things that, and then, and then the killing of Bell and Alger, all those things happen because of this one day, this one moment. And Martin goes, no, 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 no. If we're friends, I've got to stop you from doing that. Skipping forward. Just seconds before Billy and friends would cut loose, Teebs could wait no more. He's walking down. Martin's off the porch. He's walking down the street kind of behind Brady. He doesn't want to yell at Brady and get shot, but he's trying to get to the Tunstall store, the corral before Brady, so he can tell the guys not to do it as if they're really going to listen to this guy in mom jeans and Reeboks. But he's, he's going to warn them, don't do this. But he can't get ahead of Brady. Lincoln, if you've been there, is just one street. There's not any alleyways where you can, you know, jump down and get around. Martin probably could have run down to the river, but, but by the time he got to the river and then to the Tunstall store, Brady would already be there. His big mistake, if it was one, was that he let Brady and his men get ahead of him. And there was just no way to be unseen and get back ahead of them to warn them first. Just seconds before Billy and friends would cut loose, Teeps could wait no more. Ration and reason for gone. He wasn't in, were gone. He wasn't in 2020. He was right here at the epicenter of the war. If he didn't take action, who would? Reasoning with himself that he had no other choice, he ran into the street and screamed, Billy, no! In the blink of an eye, Brady drew his revolver and wheeled around to see the figure of a large man diving into the grass. Something flew from the man's hand into the grass as he went down. Almost simultaneously, the regulators rose from behind a corral at the Tunstall store and let, use with a, let loose with a furious fusillade of fire that shredded Brady and dropped him where he stood. Hinman was hit in the upper chest and leg and staggered back up the street where he came. A cool, calculating Doc Skurlock walked slowly into the center of the street, took aim with his Winchester, and with one shot, Put Hinman out of his misery. Somewhere in the haze of powder and smoke, Matthews made a run for it and parked himself behind a wall on the south side of the street. Stunned but unhurt, he quickly, he quietly took in the scene as Big Jim French and Billy Bonnie raced to Brady's body. Martin tried to stop this murder, not because he was any fan of Brady. He didn't even know Brady. Or did he? <laughs> How could he have a relationship in the past with Billy and the regulators and Rosita and not know anything about it? Maybe he did have some sort of history with Brady. But he didn't know about it at that time. But he wasn't there to save Brady. He was there to save Billy, and he failed. When he screamed out, Brady turned on him, not knowing who'd be yelling behind him. And I don't think he ever got off a shot at Martin. But that, that distraction, that ability that, you know, Martin taking Brady's attention away from where he was going might have been even a worse death sentence than what the regulators were going to mete out. Maybe it was Martin's fault that Brady was dead because Martin distracted him. And if so, is Martin culpable? Crazy, I know. Matthews, hiding behind a wall, just saw his boss get killed. Hinman get shot, killed. Let's move on.
Now, Billy's told Martin not to be on the street. The street is ours, shouted Chavez gleefully, nudging Brady with his boot tip. Billy leaned over and picked up Brady's Winchester. You owe me one, you son of a bitch, so consider this payback, he taunted the corpse. As the boys worked their way back toward the corral, Billy caught sight of movement in the grass to the east. Catching sight of the strange footwear he'd only seen on one person before, Billy walked over as Martin struggled to his feet. Teebsy, exclaimed Billy, no less cheery than if he'd just won a game of Monty. I done told you not to come out here this morning. Teeb stared at the boy's face, unsure what to say. That Billy could be so cheery after just murdering two men made his blood run cold. Nothing in his books or the movies he'd seen could have prepared him for this. Among the various historian and reenactor groups that Teebs had found online, many in 2020 were fond of saying they were, quote unquote, born in the wrong century and would, quote unquote, love to live in the Old West. Some even professed how they would gladly ride with the kid if given the chance. Teebs wondered to himself just how many of them would be willing to face the bloody reality lying in the street just a few yards from him. Not many, he silently decided. You killed him, stammered Teebs. Brady's dead. Cool as a cucumber, Billy replied easily. Oh, Brady wasn't going to live much longer anyway. No one connected to Murphy and Dolan is. Teeb stared in disbelief at Billy as he small, saw a small trail of blood, Brady's blood, trailing down the stock of the Winchester that Billy had taken from him. That's the reality. If you're there that day, as Martin was, it's not some heroic event where you're going to celebrate afterward. It's the murder of two men right in front of you, right there. The body's left there in the middle of the street. That's not something most people come face to face with these days. And so before you wish to travel back in time, before you wish to ride with the regulators and Billy the Kid, know that you will have to kill or be killed. You'll have to be okay with that. I don't know if Martin is or not. Matthews, still hiding peeks around the corner. He sees Bonnie talking to a large man that he vaguely remembered seeing once before. Damn you, Bonnie, he whispered under his breath, catching sight of his boss's body crumpled just behind him. Matthews pulled back behind the wall, took two deep breaths in one smooth motion, cocked his Winchester, swung around the corner of the wall, and shot Bonnie in his right hip. Ah, screamed Billy. Damn it, that hurts. Billy's rifle dropped at Teeb's feet. Actually, that was Brady's rifle as the young man fell to his knees in pain. In all of his life, at least his life in 2020, Martin Teebs had never handled a firearm of any type. Yet in the moment, he reached down and grabbed the rifle. Teebs saw a head briefly appear across the street from behind the wall, surmising this must be the person that shot his friend. As if he'd done it a thousand times before, he chambered around, shouldered and fired the rifle, putting a 45 slug right between the eyes of Deputy Billy Matthews. Martin had never fired a weapon in his life, yet in that moment he picked that gun up, he cocked it, and he put a bullet dead center between Billy Matthews' eyes. How did he do that? Something must have happened to Martin in the past that he doesn't know about because he's got 
a life and relationships and skills that he should not have for a guy living in 2020. Matthews fell dead, his life over before his head hit the ground. The slug blew out the back of his skull and bits of bone and brain lay spattered around his head, almost giving a halo effect. If Billy Matthews was indeed an angel, Martin Teebs had sent him to be with his own kind. As if he'd been in another body, Martin snapped back to reality, dropping the rifle in front of him. Oh my God, he cried, what did I do? As if he were possessed by some spirit, Martin killed this guy. You might have just saved my life, Teebs, he said, Billy. I can't believe this, Martin says. He paced back and forth. What the hell just happened here? The memory of Matthew's brains exiting his head still fresh in his mind. Teebs, we got to get you out of here. You just killed a lawman. And when you kill a lawman, Martin didn't even let Billy finish his thought. You hang, right, Billy? Yelled Teebs. Yeah, that's right. You hang. Come on. Let's get you off the street. And Billy guided the bigger and older man toward Juan Patron's home. They'll have a discussion. They'll talk about what happens next. And Billy will counsel Martin not to come back to Lincoln in that time until things have calmed down, until the war is over. Because now Martin is a murderer of a lawman, just like Billy is. And I think Billy can see that his friend is ill-equipped for the life of riding with the regulators and having to kill more people and having to continue the war. And he affectionately tells him, hey, you know, uh, you're my friend. I don't want you to hang. You best not come back here. And I don't know if he really knows where Martin's going or when Martin's going, but he pushes him as gently as he can back to his own time. And he says, listen, Teebs, get on out today. Get that wife of yours and leave Lincoln. Head back to, <laughs> and Billy smiles as he looks at Martin's ridiculous clothes, wherever the hell it is you came from. Billy laughed and dusted some mud off Teebs' shirt. Don't come back no more till you hear this war's over. You understand, amigo? I understand, Billy. I got it. Thanks. Martin walks back toward the Patron house. And he moves from 1878 to 2020, just having experienced something that most people would wish that they never had to. Martin has just walked his way out of the past, away from the spectacle of the murder of Sheriff Brady. His buddy, Billy the Kid, shepherded him back to his own time in 2020. And it's you know, late morning as Martin walks back to his casita to find Lily. And he's pretty shaken up. Chapter 23 starts this way. Finding the casita vacant, Teebs made his way toward the main house. With the remnants of this morning's breakfast threatening to reappear, he replayed over and over the sight of Matthew's brain splattering out of the extra large hole that Teebs had installed into the back of his skull covered in a cold sticky sweat the big man made his way onto the portal and into the main living area martin exclaimed lily and darlene simultaneously what on earth happened to you you look like you've seen a ghost unaware of how shaky he actually looked teebs managed to look in a mirror just around the corner of the main hallway he had to admit he did look like he'd seen a ghost 
He ruefully remembered that he'd probably just made one out of Matthews too. Um, I'm fine, he said unconvincingly. I just tripped on the side of the road. Lily stared at him with worry while Darlene rubbed his shoulders. Before he could ask, Darlene offered, let me get you a glass of water and disappeared into the kitchen. Dallas Jones, the proprietor of the bed and breakfast, says, I was just telling the ladies about the about old Lincoln in the war, offered Dallas, who graciously had buttoned two buttons on his much too tight shirt this morning. This street was known as the deadliest street in America at the time. You can't imagine how many guys had their bl- their brains blown out right here, he added. Martin, fresh off of just what happened, you know, he thinks the thought and the accompanying visual made Martin wretch, and he staggered to find a wall to rest against. Just then, Darlene returned with a tall glass of water. Taking the glass, Teebs looked as though it might be, as though it might be a bad idea to drink it, but in one long slug, he downed the entire thing, instantly regretting it. You really don't look too good, said Darlene. Would you like to sit down? <sighs> sure, was all Martin could offer as he cautiously made his way to a big armchair, trying all the while to keep the contents of his stomach in place. Mandalus goes on. So these are the most well-known characters of the Lincoln County War, sweeping his hand across the wall lined with very somber-looking people in somber-looking poses. This is John Tunstall. I guess he's the reason this whole war started. This stout fellow is Sheriff William Brady, gunned down by the kid and some of his buddies. A lot of people think Brady deserved it, but assassinating a lawman from ambush is just wrong, don't you think, Martin? Martin just walked out of the assassination of Brady. And here's this dolt (laughs) recounting the thing 140 years later, and Martin's forced to sit through it. Staring at the pictures, it was as if the men in them beckoned for Teebs to answer. Darlene uh, slides across Lily's lap and uh, points to this beautiful woman holding a young baby. The woman's eyes were distant and hollow as if she were waiting for something, for someone that might never come. This pretty little thing here is Rosita Luna, said Darlene. The most beautiful woman in all of Lincoln, or so they say, offered Dallas quickly. And that's her baby, Martin Jr., said Darlene. Just as the words left her mouth, she was caught by the irony. Oh, look at that, she said, staring at Martin. What a coincidence. Lily looked strangely at Darlene and then at Martin. Teebs tried his best to offer a joking smile that just came off as nervous. Regardless, Lily's attention had waned and she was hoping to wrap up the history lesson and get on the road for some shopping and sightseeing. Just as she was about to suggest they leave, Dallas rushed in and she never married and no one ever knew who the father was. Teebs clearly understood the implications of what he'd just heard. He did have a relationship with Rosita. He did get her pregnant, and somehow he did not wind up marrying her. With his world slowly spinning out of control, and with cold sweat pouring from his forehead, he stumbled from his chair toward the hallway. Martin, exclaimed Lily, are you all right? I just, I I just, he couldn't finish the sentence as he, pressed his forehead on the cool wood paneling. The cooling effect in keeping his eyes closed seemed to steady the big man. After a minute, he opened his eyes and was face to face with another historical photo. This one taken a few days after Brady's murder. 
Tebes instantly recognized the men in it, since he'd left them, in his time, only a few minutes earlier. As he peered into their distant faces, Darlene came to check on him. Oh, she said, this one, pointing at the picture, was taken right after the fight at Blazer's Mills. Buckshot Roberts got Dick Brewer in that one, but the kid barely got a scratch. Martin looked closely and carefully at his friend in the tiny tintype when something caught his eye. Closer and closer and closer, he looked at Billy's right hand. If God himself had landed in this hallway and clapped Tebes on the back, he wouldn't have been more surprised than to see his copy of Sergio Batraca's book about Billy the Kid in Billy's hand in a photo taken 140 years ago. A wave of nausea swept over the big man as he remembered the book flying from his hand the moment Brady was shot. Billy must have found it. Teeb's mind played on a hundred scenarios at the same time, but all coming back to the same one. He fucked up royally. And now the past and the future might be changed. His stomach, tired of fighting the inevitable, finally let loose and sprayed his breakfast all over the wall and floor. Teeb's mumbled to himself, oh my God, what have I done? What have I done? You just puked over all my puked all over my new wood floor, Martin. That's what you've done," came the reply from a matter-of-fact Dallas Jones. So, our buddy Martin Teebs has done two unforgivable things. First of all, he killed someone, a lawman, no less, Billy Matthews. And he can't undo it. Now, Martin's in 2020, and he apparently killed Matthews in 1878, so probably should be the in the clear. In fact, he killed Matthews before Martin had even really been born by some strange time travel twist. But he's done something worse. He's taken his book, The Holy Grail of Billy the Kid Knowledge, Sergio Bachaca's The True Life of Billy the Kid, and he brought it to the past with him, and he left it there. And who found it? <laughs> his buddy, Billy the Kid. Clearly, because when Martin in 2020 looks at a photo taken in 1878 and a few tiny pixels on this little tintype, he sees the book in Billy's hand. Son of a bitch. Now Billy knows exactly what will happen to him and the regulators and everyone else during the war, and he can use the book to change history. Or can he? That's really the question, I guess, for the rest of the Back to Billy book series. Can history be changed even if you know what's going to happen? Should it be changed? Think about what Billy has in his hand. He got that book before the gunfight at Blazer's Mills. That's where Dick Brewer would be shot. Short time later, uh, Frank McNabb, Ab Saunders, uh, I can't remember who else. I mean, those guys are going to be ambushed. McNabb will be killed. There'll be a number of other skirmishes. There'll be the five-day battle where uh, several regulators and friends of will be shot and killed. Billy's career will go forward. Houston Chapman will be killed. Bowdry, Folliard. Billy knows about all this. He knows the names, the dates, the places. 
He can avoid all of it. He can win the Lincoln County War, probably single-handedly. Because now he's got a book that was written about him 140 years in the future. What does he do with it? Billy knows the day, the time, and the place of his own demise. So what will happen in Fort Sumner on 14 July, 1881? All because of Martin's careless mistake. While Martin is now trapped in the present, Billy is trapped in his own time, but Martin's book rests firmly in Billy's hands. Well, <laughs> as I said, you're going to have to read the rest of the series to find out. Would you still travel back in time? If you knew you had to go back to April 1st, 1878 Main Street in Lincoln and befriend Billy the Kid, would you still travel back in time to watch them Slaughter Brady and Hinman? I'm not sure I would. I'm not sure that being there, seeing it, I don't know what the aftermath was. Nobody knows. I mean, we know we think Billy and French ran out to the street, but we don't know what they said. We don't know what the rest of the regulators did. We don't know what uh you know what their what their uh, their their mindset was. It could be so distasteful that you go, oh my god, I, I couldn't spend two minutes around these guys. I, I can't be involved in this. Or maybe you feel Brady had it coming and you feel, hey, I'm, I'm in. I don't know, but I don't think, I don't think I could do it like that without some bigger context. I think it would really change my impression of the people involved. And I don't think war is pretty and I don't think it's, uh, 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 something to be glamorized. And the Lincoln County War was a war. And it dramatically escalated on April 1st, 1878. So uh, we're going to talk about the true historical Sheriff Brady and the events of that day in our next episode. I hope you've enjoyed this little peek into the Back to Billy world. So uh, the audiobook is coming along. For those of you that have requested it, absolutely 100% free of charge. Uh, you, you'll have it as soon as it's done and all the editing and mastering is done. You'll be able to listen to it to your heart's content with yours truly reading it. And better than I read today because I'm actually, you know, editing and taking out all the ums, ahs, and mistakes. Um, but yeah, you'll, 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 uh, you'll get to listen to it. Um, the rest of the series is available. And the best uh, place to uh, go and get those is mankindpro.com, M-A-N-K-I-N-D-P-R-O.com. You can order uh, books two, three, and four. You can order, if you want a hard copy of the Back to Billy, the first book, you can get that. Um, books five and six sold out. Uh, you can order them both online elsewhere, which uh, you'll be directed to. And uh, yeah, I'd love for you to read it. I hope you've gotten a little better insight into kind of what the story's about. And uh, maybe it's uh, lit a fire in you to figure out what you would do if you went back in time and wound up being best friends with William H. Bonney, alias Billy the Kid. <laughs> all right. Thanks so much for joining me for this episode of All Things Billy. We'll be back with uh, more of Sheriff Brady 
Uh, we'll have updates on the final trial of Billy the Kid. And editing has already begun on my next film, The Billy the Kid Tapes, with some just uh, really eye-opening interviews with Steve Cedarwall, Governor Bill Richardson, Gerald Klein, uh, a number of, uh, of official uh, legal and uh, political officials of Fort Sumner, talking to folks in Heiko, Arizona, about what really happened to Billy the Kid and why can't we just know for sure? The Billy the Kid tapes, that'll be out later this year, wherever you stream movies. And uh, until then, you can get in touch with me, Billy the Kid Rides again at gmail.com or on Twitter at BTK Rides. Check out the film page on Facebook, The Final Trial of Billy the Kid. And uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks so much. I'm out of here.